look around at this great city of ours, what do you see? I see a multitude of amazing people. Over the next hour, Bill Wilson will talk to some of these amazing people about topics that interest you and give you just what you need to kick off your week with a dang on the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. This is Mr. Murfreesboro, also known as Bill Wilson, and you're listening to the Mr. Murfreesboro Show with Lady K here on WGNS, 1450 AM and 101.9 FM Talk Radio. Uh, Lady K is not in tonight. I think she's at a Christmas party with her family. Hopefully she'll be here next week, which I think next week is Christmas Eve. I don't know if we're going to do a show or not, but we'll see. Uh, But I'm excited about tonight. I'm not excited that the Titans lost. Uh, today they should have won um well we're not gonna, we're not gonna dwell on that and i hope that w- uh well levis's levis's legs okay so there at the end he got his leg turned behind him and hopefully he's gonna be okay um mtsu lady raiders won mtsu lady raiders won but let me go ahead and introduce our uh guest is somebody who i admire and because everybody knows i love history and I love Murfreesboro. I love Murfreesboro history. And I'm going to say this person I'm fixing to introduce is the queen of history in Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, and a lot of this area here. And it's, I want you to welcome to the show Shirley Ferris Jones. Welcome to the show, Shirley. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate you inviting me. I'm excited because we're, we were just talking in the green room. I call that the green room. <laughs> Uh, just about how Murfreesboro's changed over the years. Uh, tell just tell us a little bit your background, who you are, and all that good stuff. Your family, wh- whatever you want to talk about. Well, I've lived in Rutherford County since I was about six months old. I was actually born in Coffee County, and my roots run pretty deep there. But Murfreesboro and Rutherford County is my home. I grew up on North Spring Street, nine oh eight North Spring, and uh, my. Um, mother's rose garden adjoined the cotton fields of what was then the old Jatun house. Which would be Oakland's Oakland's mansion. Oakland's historic house today. It was never called Oak Manor. It was always Oakland's. Well, yeah, the Manny Manny family. uh, Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. uh But um, it was, you know, Murfreesboro has changed a lot, but it was a wonderful place to live and to grow up my parents never even locked the doors i mean there was no reason to they might hook the screen door in the, in the right the summertime but prop the door prop your chair up against you knew they weren't at home if on the front porch yeah. right and you know we did we didn't know what you know we just didn't know what crime really was because nothing happened we you know, like for halloween for instance we went trick-or-treating and he never thought that somebody might do something ugly to our candy or the treats and everybody knew everybody and it was just a, a different time but it was a you know a very good time growing up and it's changed an awfully lot and it's grown faster than i think any of us could ever have imagined i agree with you yeah. uh, can, what did y'all do with trash back then like you know today the big thing's landfill well the land- what would you do? Where where would somebody come and pick up your trash? We had we yeah the garbage man came twice a week on Tuesday and Friday and I think it ended up on Rosebank Avenue because uh, many years back I was part of uh, uh, doing a, some 
well, some excavation, I guess you could say, with Stones River National Battlefield. They were doing some GPS tracking. Uh, and we would dig, you know, and the Coke bottle or the horse, if we were lucky, the, the nail from, or the horseshoe uh, or something significant that we might or might not have found would register, you know, in the satellite. Wow. But, the, but that was part of the old Rosebank uh, area, and I think that's, I mean, it was much smaller then. And then there was a, uh, there was a, they used to race horses here, or there used to be a city or county fair that was out on behind Shelby, Crystals. Uh, on the Shelbyville Highway, yes. And there was a track that I remember when Granddaddy, Bill Wilson, who's the sheriff, uh -huh. road superintendent, he used to have some mules. I don't know why he had mules, but he had some mules. And there was a barn there, and he would take David and I, and sometimes my cousin Carrie, and we would go out there just to see his uh, mules. Mm -hmm. But you could still see there was a track. I can remember harness going, racing or uh, they, yeah i can remember going with my parents and grandparents and there was a circus there oh i saw an elephant <laughs> there who would ever thought you saw an elephant at crystals right <laughs> that's right yeah. <laughs> unless you've been out all night reveling you know did you ever see I never, <laughs> yeah maybe I, no i saw maybe saw something at crystals on broad street they this crystals hadn't been uh hadn't been born yet hadn't yeah. wasn't built yet so you grew up at a time when the population of Murfreesboro was 15,000, maybe? Something. Do you know what my first phone number was? What was your first phone number? 1892M. <laughs> and did, did you have list? Did they have uh, people who could listen? Like two-way calls? Uh, yeah, well, they had, we had operators. And then I remember when the dial tone came in. That was about in 1959, I believe, 58 or 59. And it was TW35815. The TW was for Twinbrook. Twinbrook? Twinbrook35815. That was my phone number. That's wild. But I, I, when I think of that, I think of the Green Acres. You know, when you climb the pole. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't have to do Alice, that. Alice, get, <laughs> get me to the so-and-so. Get me to the doctor. But... uh my great grand, my mom's grandfather, Harry P. Cranford, was one of the first Bell South managers at the Bell in the 1920s, about 100 years ago, where uh, B. McNeil's used to be, yeah, and that's a tasty on table uh -huh. on North Church across uh -huh. the Methodist Church. His office was up top, and I've got pictures of him with the switchboard uh, ladies working the the mm -hmm. board with all the Edison light bulbs hanging down and all these wires and stuff. I mean, we've come a long way to the, to that the iPhone. We have. You know, that was a good job for women, too, uh, as I understand. You know, women were just entering the workforce. And to be a telephone operator, you know, it was an easy job, but there was good pay. And, right. And uh, although not, uh, not equivalent to men's pay, I'm sure, for the same job. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm going to say yeah, it was different. The uh, women's suffrage came through here well mm -hmm. there was a yellow rose and there was a red rose. we're skipping all around <laughs> we're all over but the women's planet. suffrage i think I, there's a picture in 1918 of women in their victor or not victorian but these big dresses mm -hmm. either on the front of kirksey Main, or maybe it's the courthouse i don't know and it's all about pushing that amendment through so women could have the right to vote the women attained the right to vote august the 18th of 1920 that was the first time deciding vote was in okay. nashville was tennessee because uh -huh. somebody's mama called him said you do need to do the right thing that's right do the right thing jeffrey do the right jeffrey 
Jeffrey Jones, do the right thing. I think you did do the right thing. Okay. <laughs> if you're listening, Jeffrey. Uh, so give us, I like Civil War history. Tell us about, so you're kin to Ben Hall McFarlane. You're kin to the Lowe's. Mm-hmm. I'm not kin to Maddie Reedy, doggone it. And I'm Maddie Reedy. Of, I'm an honorary Reedy cousin. And, but that's the best I that's can do. That's the best you can do? That's the best I can do. And I'm, I'm an honorary member of Morgan's Men Association. But you know. John Hunt Morgan. John Hunt Morgan. You got it. Well, you know, 161 years ago, plus three days, Murfreesboro was, I mean, things. It's happening place. Yeah, things were exciting. Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy, had been in town. And our own Southern Belle, Martha Reedy, Morgan, Martha Reedy, had just married the dashing, daring cavalryman from Kentucky. John Hunt Morgan. John Hunt Morgan. I had the privilege to do the research for artist John Paul Strain, Strain on his limited edition print, Morgan's Wedding, in 1992. And that was really um, uh, an interesting and learning experience for me. But I've had the occasion to uh, to meet several of the Reedy descendants, and they, sure. they have been so nice to me. And uh, during that time that I was doing research for uh, Jack Strain, uh, I met with Tenny Hooker Buchel. She was married to, she was a sister of John J. Hooker, and she was John at, J. Hooker. Oh, he's her yeah. man. Yeah, he tried to sell me a watch that he said belonged to. John Hunt Morgan. Uh, this was after some press came out in the Banner in the Tennessean about the limited edition print and um, for Morgan's wedding. And uh, John Jay called me. I came in from work one day, and the phone was ringing, and he and I answered it. And he said, young woman? And I said, yes, sir. He said, is this Shirley Ferris Jones? And I said, yes, it is. <laughs> he said, do you know who this is? And I said, no, sir, I don't believe I do. <laughs> he said, this is John J. Hooker, and I think I've got something you want. I said, I beg your pardon. <laughs> I'm 16. <laughs> I'm 16, sir. <laughs> so what? So and with that, he tried to sell me the, uh -uh. the watch that he said was actually John Hunt Morgan's watch. He was the great grandson of from Maddie's second marriage, and it may have been John, John J. Hunt. Hooker was the great grandson of Martha Reedy Morgan Williamson. Wow! Uh, and it may have been John Morgan's watch. He, I said, well. Do you have a certificate of authenticity? What's that? That's okay. what he He's said. an attorney. He's an attorney. should know that. Uh, he said, no. I said, do you have a picture with John Morgan holding that watch? Uh, something. No, don't Give me something. I do. Yeah. Does it have initials, J-H-M, engraved on it? No. He said, young woman, you'll just have to trust me. And he wanted six, <laughs> I'm an attorney. <laughs> and, I, and I want $6,000 for it. Well, I decided that I would have to forego that opportunity. And two weeks later, he declared bankruptcy. So <laughs> now, then it was six hundred dollars, right? So he was—it it was, was part—it was, was part of the bankruptcy. Yeah, six, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah. He was a cry. He ran for governor like two or three, mm -hmm. and he was a great marketing. He mm -hmm. was a Democrat, oh, yeah. and he wore—he would be down in the state capitol, like where the statues are, and he would sit there and talk to the. He but he was—he's a great he orator. He was a great orator. Yes, indeed, he was. He Just was like a, Frank Clement was a great uh, orator. He was a brilliant man. Uh, his sister, Tenny Hooker Buchel, was quite an interesting woman too. Um, when I first met her, she lived at Widow's Peak, which is—it's uh, oh gee—it's right across from the Steeplechase. I forget the name of the the street where she lived in Nashville, but she invited me to her home, 
And she came to the door looking like Cruella DeVille. <laughs> Where are your Dalmatians? <laughs> yeah. And, but, boy, what an, an afternoon. Um, she shared with me so many of the treasures that had belonged to Maddie Morgan. I, she let me try on the pearls. That's cool. That John, Maddie. That John, that John gave Maddie. Maddie for a wedding present. They fit really just perfect. I wonder how they, how did John Hunt Morgan and Maddie, how did they meet? Or was it? Was it arranged? Uh, no, 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 no. Because um, back then, sometimes it was arranged. They, they met in February of 1862. Fort Donaldson fell in, uh, on, on February the 16th of 1862, which kind of opened the way to Nashville. Nashville was the first Confederate capital to fall. It was also the first capital city uh, to legalize prostitution. I will let you determine are, the, the... Are you because <laughs> of the STDs, probably. But yeah. Uh, and, Can't and, believe we're talking about this. <laughs> this is Sunday. I didn't go to church today. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We're talking about prostitution and, and STDs. And Nashville and being the first, being the first <laughs> Confederate city to fall to the Yankees and the first city to legalize prostitution. Now, you can determine the, the coordination between those Was that through events. city council or was that through the state legislature? Well, no, I don't know. That was through the Confederacy, right? <laughs> well, no, it was, it was, you know, I mean, it was a Union-occupied city. But Morgan, uh, was he was covering the, the, the uh, flank of the retreating Confederates from Fort Donaldson to Nashville, and he was encamped near Laverne. And so Maddie, Maddie lived right across the street from the courthouse, as you probably There's know. There's the connection. And so her dad, uh, Charles, Re uh, Charles Reedy Jr., was a staunch um, supporter of the Confederacy, and he visited the camp, Morgan's camp. Honey, come along. I want you to meet somebody. Uh, something like that. Yeah. And so he invited Morgan to dinner. And he sent uh, word home that the famous Captain Morgan was coming. This was before. He was Forrest. a raider. I mean, he was he oh, was yeah. he was known for he, he was the darling of the yeah. Confederacy yeah. right then. I mean, this was before Forrest like really got going good. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so he said he wanted Maddie to sing for him, and there was a huge crowd at the front door. You know, when Morgan came, and so they met, and Morgan, uh, Morgan was 15 years older than Maddie. She was 21, and he was 36. And um, so he was quite enamored with uh, with Maddie. And then things changed, and you know they knew the fe we knew the Federals, you know, were coming and heading toward Murfreesboro, and the Confederates were retreating. This is more before the Battle of Murfreesboro. Oh uh, yes. Okay. Uh, that that was, uh, when Forrest liberated Murfreesboro. That would be in in July, but anyway, uh, Murfreesboro was more or less under Federal occupation, and uh, the Confederates were retreating, and so M Morgan slipped back into town. And family legend holds that they became engaged, Maddie and John, on March the 19th. Now, they had just met in late February. Th not, things hey, happen fast. Off to war. Yeah, I mean, they're Hello, in war. Honey, hey, 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 baby. <laughs> Let's have a baby, baby. Let's oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so but, they met on March and, 19th. And, uh -huh, and, and, and that's when they were officially engaged. Well, the Federals came and the Confederates moved out. And um, that summer... Maddie, or late spring, Maddie was crossing the street to the, from her house to the courthouse, and there were federal soldiers. At the corner of Maine and uh, North At, Church Street, that side. Maine, yeah, uh, yeah, on Maine, yeah, right there, uh-huh. East Maine, yeah. East Maine. 
And um, so they were making, you know, ugly remarks about Morgan. Oh, he was a horse thief, you know, yeah. and I ought to be strung it's up. A thug. And uh, yeah, thug. And Maddie marched up to him and stomped her foot and she, and gave them a royal scolding. And they said, "Well, who are you?" She said, I'm Maddie Reedy now, but by the grace of God, one day I hope to call myself the wife of John Morgan. And so, on December the 14th. She scolded the Yankees. Sold Yankees. Yeah, uh -huh. Wow. She was a woman ahead of her time, my kind of gal. She, she wasn't taking no bull, was That's she? That's right. She gave, she gave them what they deserved. But uh, Murfreesboro was under federal occupation. It, and then on, on July the 13th of 1862, um, but Nathan Bedford Forrest made his raid, and we Murfreesboro was out from under the gun for a while. I mean, there were a few good times. That's when he came to the square, and he he had on his forty-first birthday. He was in Woodbury and heard uh -huh. about it, and was and camped out, and he brought what? How many troops? It wasn't like three or four hundred. It wasn't a bunch. It, I think he had, uh, he was greatly outnumbered, but you know, of course, they had he, several thousand here. Uh huh. But they were divided in three different areas. You know, at Oakland's and in near the, what would be the country club, and then some in, yeah. uh, in town. And um, he um, freed the he freed civilians. The, the, the civilians had been captured in Woodbury, and they were going to be hung. been going to be hung the next day. And then uh, one of the Yankees, you know, tried to set the jail on fire and burn the prisoners in there alive. And Forrest didn't like that at all. And then he uh, really outbluffed the ones at Stones at when the what, what was near the Stones River National Battlefield in that area. And they surrendered, and then he got Colonel Duffield at Oakland's to surrender. And so, Isn't that wild? Uh -huh. And by by supper time, he was on his way back to that um, back to Woodbury. That was on his forty first birthday. Wow, that's a heck of a birthday present. Yeah, and he was his tactics. He was, I mean, he wasn't very. We're not going to just talk about Bedford Force, but he was well known as a tactical. Uh, Field general. I mean, the Germans even studied. They his studied. Yeah, they studied. Mm -hmm. Rommel studied Alexander the Great uh -huh. and Bedford Forrest. Uh -huh. And and he, you know, he had no West Point training. He was just a self-made. And Patton studied him too. Yes, he did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Murfreesboro was out from under the gun for a while, and so on on December the twelfth, Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy, came to Murfreesboro. In Leonidas Polk, the fighting clergy, the fighting Episcopal. The Episcopal Father, uh -huh, he, he married Maddie and John, and that took place on uh, December the 14th of 1862. And it was at the Reed, Charles Reedy House. At the Reedy House. Uh -huh. And we, we actually got a photo. Uh, Bruce Lynch came to town, whose grandfather was Gordon Lynch, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, came to town, and at the Historical Society yesterday at the old Ransom School, mm -hmm. he brought a photo. It was blown up of the Reedy House, you know, with the horse mm -hmm. looking down. East, East Main, Main Street, yeah, uh -huh. and the guy, the guy's got his horse tied to the hitching yes. post. Yes, uh -huh. and there's a couple of people sitting there, but that's the house we're talking about now. Charles Reedy, Senior, he and one of the, it was either Murphy or Lytle. They didn't get along, and they took Charles Reedy and where Reedyville is, the corners, his home, the corners, which was hit by the tornado mm -hmm. in the last year. Didn't they? They made they built they hadn't built his house where Cannon and Rutherford County the well, he would have he, to pay taxes, taxes in two counties. Uh, yeah, uh, what was that all about? Do you remember that? Yeah. What that story was about? Well, see, Murphy they were looking for a new county seat. The county seat was at Old Jefferson, which is and, towards Smyrna and, Laverne. Toward Smyrna and Laverne, and but it was on the river, and they were looking for a you know a new county seat that would be more conveniently located. Well, Charles Reedy, of course, had settled you know in the area that became readable. It was on a stage route between Knoxville and and Nashville, 
And um, he thought that that would be an appropriate place. Uh, he wanted it, the, the he, town seat there, yeah, Murfreesboro. Uh, yeah, except it wasn't named Murfreesboro then. Cannonsburg. Uh, uh, well, no. yeah. And well, they didn't know what it was going to be named then. But uh, William Lytle offered to give the, uh, the acreage for the town square. And they was decided that this would be the best location. The 60 acres. The 60 acres right. for the town square and, and the town lots and everything. And so that's how that's it was determined. But Charles Reedy was very angry about it. So uh, when Cannon County was formed in 1836, yeah, they ran, it, they ran the, the county line right through the middle of his house where he would have to pay taxes in two counties. Hey, we're talking to Shirley Ferris Jones. This is the Mr. Murfreesboro Show. We're going to take a break. and We'll be right back. Are you ready to experience the heartwarming flavors of the South? Look no further than Mama's Table. Y'all Come Eat, the new cookbook by local author Carolyn Hall. This cookbook is filled with cherished family recipes that will transport you to Mama's Kitchen. You can purchase it right now on Amazon so you can start creating unforgettable meals for your loved ones. But that's not all. Stay up to date on book signings and special events by following Carolyn Hall's Facebook page. Plus, Carolyn plans on cooking her way through the cookbook on social media, sharing her tips and tricks with you along the way. Because as Carolyn says, there are always memories made, blessings shared, and full bellies around Mama's Table. So don't wait. Get your copy of Mama's Table. Y'all come eat. Bring the warmth and love of Southern cooking into your home. Old Stone Fort Golf Course is the place for you to get away for the day to play golf. Located right next to the beautiful Duck River and only five minutes from I-24. Whether you're a beginner or avid golfer, Old Stone Fort Golf Course is ideal for you. Golf carts are available and there is a golf shop. You can play nine holes for $9 and kids 12 and under play for free. They are located at 1017 Country Club Lane in Manchester, Tennessee. You can call for a tee time at 931-954-0366. You can also follow Old Stone Fort Golf Course on Facebook. Hey, it's Bill. Did you know I also sell for Parks Real Estate? Meredith Thomas and I make up the Thomas Wilson team. We have over 25 years of real estate experience and have helped nearly 1,000 families buy and sell real estate here in Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, and Middle Tennessee. Why not choose us to help you and your family with all your real estate needs? Give us a call at 615-406-5872 or 615-896-4040. Or you can follow me at Mr. Murfreesboro on Facebook or Instagram. Welcome back. This is Mr. Murfreesboro. Bill Wilson, you've been listening to the Mr. Murfreesboro Show with Lady Kay, and we have been joined in the studio, been kind enough with Shirley Ferris-Jones, the uh, the queen of oh, history. Mercy. The queen of <laughs> oh, history of oh, Rutherford no, County. I've never been called yes, that before. Yes, queen. <laughs> so we were talking about readable Charles Reedy and his daughter is it maggie or maddie maddie her martha strong reedy was her name but the, her she was affectionately known as maddie and, and but she was his granddaughter charles reedy senior uh was her grandfather and that's who readable's named after mm-hmm. um let's talk about the rutherford rifle aren't because you, you're kin to ben hall judge ben hall mcfarland we're distant cousins on the lower the side. letters let's talk about the letters that you transcribe your book because you're an author too Mm -hmm. let's talk about the your book the name of it and well the first book that i transcribed came off the press actually in 1992 i believe 
And it was um, the transcription and annotation of the letters my great-grandfather, Dr. John Kennerly Ferris Sr., wrote to his wife, Mary. He was a doctor, Company I, 41st Tennessee, out of Coffee County. And he kept the letters in the form um, of a journal. And when the journal got full, then he would send it home to Coffee County by somebody who was going or by whatever means he had. And um, the letters had been in my family, and my father and I, you know, we'd go through his trunk when we would visit my grandmother in Coffee County in, in Manchester. And uh, it's, my dad's health began to decline after he retired in the, you know, in the late 70s and early 80s. We would start transcribing these letters. I would Xerox them and blow them up to where we could, you know, not where we could read them and not damage the original. But it, it told a really good story uh, from the time of his enlistment in November of 61 uh, until the end of the war. And um, the first edition, as I say, it's been out of print many years. I did a revision in 2014, and I had a lot more material to more completely uh, interpret his story and, and tell it more completely uh, than I had uh, initially. But uh, he, I, I have a great deal of respect for my great-grandfather. Of course, I never knew him or my grandfather, either Ferris, right. either one, who was also a doctor in Coffee County. But um, I guess if I had to... Pick one word to describe his his service, honor. That one word, honor. He was honor bound to a cause that he actually no longer believed in. Um, when yeah, what do you mean by that? At the time of his enlistment, it seemed like um, he and his two brothers enlisted in Franklin County with Down the forty first Winchester yeah. in Winchester. And um, what they thought they were fighting for when they enlisted and the short time that they thought that they would be indeed fighting turned out to be something quite different. And the demoralization of the Confederate Army as time went on. They guilt tripped, I mean. Yeah. And um, he, he was a realist. He was a very honest man in his... In, in his um, viewpoint as to what he saw. And he, did not, he no longer believed the war was worth fighting, but he, right. but he was honor-bound and he would not desert. He, seeing the loss of life and limb, the pointless loss of life. And he was and a doctor, too. He I was mean, a doctor, yeah. yes. Uh -huh. And he, of course, he, um, the, when, when they were winter quartered, after the Battle of Chickamauga and Chattanooga, they were winter quartered in Dalton, Georgia. And that's when he really... Carpet capital of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, was, he really saw um, the demoralization of an army that no longer knew what they were fighting for. They didn't have any fight left. I mean, it was They like... did not. And then, of course, there came the Battle of Atlanta, Hood's... Uh, Falling asleep or drunk. Yeah, and his idea to retake Tennessee, the annihilation of the Army of Tennessee at Franklin, and then the further annihilation at Nashville two weeks later. Franklin and around Columbia, he was asleep in his tent or something. They were marching by. Uh, it, it was it, the whole thing was just a debacle, Fiasco. and and the loss of you know the loss of so many men was just pointless and. Uh, my great-grandfather was in charge of the hospitals in Franklin, and as the Confederate Army retreated southward from Nashville and went back through 
um, uh, Franklin, he was ordered to report to General Thomas in Nashville with his sick and wounded. And George Thomas. George yeah. Thomas. And having been a prisoner of war previously after Fort Donaldson for seven months, he thought, nah, I don't think so. And so he, he left Franklin. And he, he had not seen his wife and little boy Sammy since the time of his enlistment. Now, this, now this was no, November of 1864. So it had been and, three uh, years. Uh-huh. And he had not seen them since 1861. And when he got home, he was sick. He, he was, you know, bare of clothing. But he immediately began to try to rejoin Confederate forces. And his application for pension, he describes himself as a one-man army surrounded. And everybody in Coffee or Franklin County who gave him... Uh, shelter or harbored him in any way was putting themselves and their property and their family in, in danger. danger. So by this time, it's March of 1865, the writing was on the wall, and an interesting thing happened. He talked to the federal provost marshal uh, in Chattanooga, and he, he said the, you know, the area was in need of a physician and that he would take the oath and treat the sick and wounded and you know, anyone in need of his services, if they would assign someone to ride with him right, to protect him. Sure. And they said, sure, we will. So they assigned this young cavalryman from Pennsylvania. His name was, he rode with the uh, 52nd Pennsylvania Company M. His name was John Neese. N-E-E-C-E. N-E-E-S-E. S-E, okay. Uh-huh. He was from Ringgold County, Pennsylvania. And he had been conscripted into service in July of 1863, and he didn't want to go. He really didn't give a flip what happened down south. Right. But there he was. And the oddest thing happened. This unusual friendship developed between these two men of opposing armies. And, you know, they were on the same page. And John Neese actually saved John Ferris's life. He took a bullet in the arm. Well, the war ended. John Neese, by July of 1865, was back in Pennsylvania. And he was still having trouble with the arm. He kept in trust. Uh, Dr. Ferris had saved his arm, and he was a farmer, and, and he was very grateful for that. And John Ferris was grateful for his having saved his life. Right. And uh, so um, John Neese uh, had kept in touch, you know, with John Ferris, and so he invited John Ferris to come see him in Pennsylvania. And John Ferris had a practice. He had a farm. He had a family. He couldn't. So he invited John Neese to come back to Coffee County to visit him. And John Neese and his father-in-law did. And they bought land adjoining uh, the Ferris Farm in Coffee County near Hillsborough. And the, the next year, he moved his family down there. And my grandmother, whom, whom I barely remember, I was, she was, my dad was the youngest of four children. My grandmother was the first niece child born on Tennessee soil in 1880. Wow. <laughs> yeah. For, for, from, from, Pennsylvania. Qua- from the Quakers, there, from uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, they were they were of German descent, right? And I, um, there was a, a big disconnect in the family. I mean, they didn't appreciate his leaving. Like, what are you going down there? We just yeah, we want nothing they else. Killed a bunch of our boys. And we, what are you doing? We don't. We're not going to have anything else to do with you. <laughs> is there is there still family living I, over there? Well, is there a family cemetery? All that stuff. There, there is all kinds of things. Yes, uh huh. Um, there was a big disconnect in the family that lasted quite some time. So, I had done some research on uh, my my dad's 
uncle, which would be my great uncle, Harvey Calvin Neese, my grandmother's oldest brother, and who had gone to Cripple Creek in 1892. There was a panic in Coffee County. There was no money. There was no jobs. And so four of the Neese brothers, her older brothers, went to Colorado to dig for gold. Gold rush. And yeah. They worked the gold mines. And then when gold played out, two of them came back home, and my dad grew up hearing the stories, you know, of the Nice Brothers' ex uh, adventures out west. And two of the Nice Brothers stayed in Colorado. Art Nice had a mercantile business in Denver, and Harvey Calvin Nice um, became the marshal of Cripple Creek. Wow. And um, he was killed in the line of duty. By this time, it's 1907, and he was killed in the line of duty in uh, July 3rd of 1920. And he just kind of vanished. My grandmother had had things in her trunk, you know, that he had sent letters and pictures from Staying Cripple in Creek. Touch. Yeah. I was staying in touch. And so uh, we went to Cripple Creek, and I met uh, some of the people, and they uh, ended up in another writing another book, Harvey Calvin Neese from Coffee County to Cripple Creek. Wow. And his name was added to the Colorado Law Enforcement um, Memorial, and also to the Washington Monument. Killed in, while he was on duty. He was killed in the line of duty. Well, it made the papers, and the Denver Post ran this article about Harvey Calvin Neese. And one of the a descendants of the Pennsylvania Neese brother, brother saw this. And they said, hey, I think I'm kin to this guy. I'd like to get in touch with Ms. Jones. And so the nice man who was in charge of the, uh, the memorial with the Colorado uh, law enforcement contacted me and he said he said we've run every check on this guy he doesn't even have a speeding ticket would you like to talk to him I said well yes I'd love to and so Bob uh, Snyder niece called me he uh -huh. was he was born in Pennsylvania but lived in Colorado and we were invited to the Pennsylvania niece family reunion the next year in 2011 wow and I have never the uh, lovely 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 people I couldn't have asked for a warmer reception. They even so like my dogs. They liked your dogs. <laughs> so y'all, did you go out there and stay for a day or two? Or? Uh, a week or two. A week or two. I had several trips. We had several trips out west. And how was that relating? You know, two different coming from the south up to the north and knowing all that you know now. What was that like? It was. It was a wonderful. It was a warm and fuzzy experience. I bet. Uh huh. And uh, I just couldn't. I mean, I just could not ask for. You know. Just good people and uh -huh. just uh, they're, they're very close to the Amish people up there and right. in fact I actually went to a fundraiser for the you know for the Amish school right but they're just just lovely lovely people and they didn't know what had happened to, you know to any of the Tennessee niece cousins and so you know we, we just had a we, we just had a lot of catching up to do that that is that's just a cool story mm -hmm. that's and, a cool story and I, some of the pictures that I didn't have a clue who they might be I took them with me to Pennsylvania, and lo and behold, they had some of the very same pictures of niece cousins. <laughs> and they knew who they were. Yeah, uh -huh, yeah. How cool is that? Well, it it it's it was very rewarding, I'll tell you. But you, but let's say this: it wouldn't have happened unless you had taken the effort to do it. Well, right? I, I, I mean, felt very good, good about it. The Lord had a lot had everything mm -hmm. to do with it. But what I'm saying is, if you you would never know. That's why history is so important. That's it's not important to everybody. It's important to me. Finding who we are yeah. and why we are. And my, my Aunt Ruth Ferris left me a legacy. And I had to do something with that. And there is, uh, in the Outlaws and Lawman's Museum 
in Cripple Creek, there's a whole wall that's dedicated to Harvey Calvin Neese. It tells his story, and I was so glad to be a part of that, and we were able to get federal funding, you know, as long as... That's you know. so cool. Mm -hmm. So if you're ever in Cripple Creek... It's Cripple Creek, Colorado. Colorado. We, we were there in, in September. Is that close to Denver? Where's it close to? Um, Colorado Springs. Which is close to Boulder in Golden, Colorado. Go, uh -huh. yeah. yeah, Golden is vale, uh, ask the whole area. Gold is right outside of Gold. Uh, yeah, Golden it's is beautiful that, out uh -huh. there. That's where Buffalo Bills Museum is. That's too. right. I've been to it. Have you? Yeah, yeah on top of the mountain. Yes, yes. Buffalo Bill, or was it Wild Bill C Cody? No, no, no. but Buffalo Bill Cody. Wild Bill, Bill Hickok was killed in Deadwood, South Dakota. That's right. That's uh -huh. right. Hey. What else you want to talk about? Let's let's talk, and that's so fascinating mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. So fascinating. What about um, what did people do? Let's Christmas time. Murfreesboro. We hung up our stockings. We hoped we'd been good little boys and girls. We pretended we believed in Santa Claus long when after we really didn't, because we were told we would get We've better got stuff. We've little people listening, Shirley. Please. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember writing letters. Oh yeah, and, and Santa. By the way, Santa is is real, y'all. So I'm just yeah putting that disclaimer yeah, right there. Definitely, uh huh. Yeah, I still... I tell you a funny story that Dave and I did one time. My older brother Mitch was still living at home, and he, you know, he was at school at MTSU, and he come in late, I guess, from having a good time or whatever. But Dave and I were bound and determined to catch Santa Claus, so we took this fishing <laughs> line and we went down through the door uh, where he was going to come through the back door and we tied it off furniture and all that <laughs> and about two in the morning we heard somebody just falling and, and maybe a few choice words and we go down <laughs> we got him we got him and it was it was mitch we we're like oh it's not santa but he he still yeah he still remembers that was 50 years ago or so but yeah we thought we caught santa i can remember a big thing about santa over at roses oh yeah they, yeah uh what was, was his like, name mr Dinkins, Paul Dinkins. John, yeah, Paul, you're right. Paul but Dinkins, he would, huh? he would. Everybody had a, your picture made with Santa. I even had my dog's picture and made. You with Santa. And you had your picture made, and you had a, a piece of wood shellac. The picture would be shellacked <laughs> on. I remember that for some reason. After Jeff grew up, I took my dog to see Santa. Yeah, Santa, but. That, that was Santa. I mean, you went over there and you stood in line. Yeah. And there were sometimes he would come in a helicopter. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Oh. <laughs> do they still do that anywhere? I'm sure they do. Just <laughs> not here. But he was in a storage building, too. I thought that was kind of weird. Why is he in a storage building? It's the Santa house. I was like, Santa, you need some AC. It's hot in here, man. <laughs> the Santa uh, house. And I can remember. Uh, let's talk about things that used to come to the square. There was a submarine. Do you remember there was a submarine that they brought? It was after World War II. Mm -hmm. no, I don't remember that. Yeah, it's in one of the books. And I can remember somebody brought a blue whale in the back of a... <laughs> it was in a uh, tractor-trailer uh, rig in the trailer. And you had to pay like 50 cents and you would go up and it was a... <laughs> and it stunk. I was like... This <laughs> a, it was... It was, a, it was a whale, and I'm hoping somebody, if you're listening, call in at 615-893-1450 and, and uh, let me know that you were there, too. And, I don't remember uh, You don't remember that, that one? Let's, let's talk about uh, things that were going on around here. I mean, 
Well, do you remember? Uh, it, now, it was a tradition to go out to the VA hospital and listen. You know, they would play Christmas uh, carols with the bells and, ev- and everything. I don't remember that, but I think I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah it was really pretty, kind of like the Parthenon in Nashville, the nativity scene in yes. the Parthenon. That was just something we did, you know, at right. Christmas time. You had to see that. And they had Christmas decorations mm-hmm. up on the square, which mm-hmm. they sometimes kind of do. But they had some that were lit up and uh, or the candles and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can remember when there was a bird problem on the square, <laughs> and I think it was Bubba Woods, and there was a there was a bunch of gentlemen that would take their uh, shotguns down and shoot bir- uh, the birds off the courthouse, or try to scare yeah, them, yeah, or something. Or, yes, but can you imagine doing that today? No, it wouldn't happen, would it? <laughs> it definitely would not. So, uh, and. Uh, well, you know, everybody knew everybody, and it was all, it, you know, it was a rarity growing up, and even up until just a very, very short time ago, it was a rarity if I went some, if I could go somewhere or I went anywhere and didn't see lots of people I knew, and well, now it's a today. rarity if I do. Right. <laughs> if you go to the square, you'd go around, you'd wave to, your arm would oh, be yeah. tired from waving to everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you, were you there when... Uh, MacArthur came to town. I was. We got out of school, and it was a big deal, you know, when because of Jean Faircloth. Yeah, yeah. Now Jean Faircloth, he had promised. Truman had said, uh, General MacArthur's time. He was wanting to go into China and invade. He was ready to go and you know kick some booty. Mm-hmm. And uh, Truman said, "Nope, you're coming back. You've been doing this too long." So he came back. Apparently, he had promised Jean that he would come visit her hometown. Mm-hmm. And that, and it started, I guess he flew into Smyrna or Nashville, and he had a Rolls Royce that drove him up on mm-hmm. the square, and the Rolls Royce broke down in front of Central Christian Church, and he had people that were pushing that Rolls Royce down Main Street over to the college, and they said the general was not very happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a big to-do. Well, it, it was a real big to-do. We got out of school. And people thought they would make money, and they made all these sandwiches and had all this food for sale. And, you know, I mean, like tuna and egg salad, and, and nobody bought it. You're, <laughs> you're all going to die from botulism. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing I remember most, my grandfather was, uh, Elgin Lowe was part owner of, top, of Tip Top Barbershop. And um, so, uh, you know, that uh, he would... You know, I mean, he knew everything that was going on around the square. Well, Uncle Dave Macon was a pretty colorful character. Yeah. And it was sometime, and I'm not sure if it was exactly on that particular date, but it was very close to it. But uh, Uncle Dave and some of his buddies would sit and whittle in the courthouse yard, and they had adult beverages, shall we say. Drinking some sodas, Uh, some adult beverages. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, of course, Uncle Dave was on the Grand Ole Opry, and he was a good musician, and, and, I mean, you know. Banjo. Yeah, listening to the Grand Ole Opry was a big deal, too. Yes. And so my grandfather wanted Mama, my mother, and my grandmother and me to hear Uncle Dave play. Well, by the end of the day, by the time we got there, Uncle Dave was feeling no pain. (laughs) And he, he was to the wind. He was to the wind, and he and he was. I mean, the, he he was talking ugly and saying <laughs> things. And my grandfather covered up my ears, and I've always wondered what I missed. <laughs> yeah, he was quite the character. He was like the first, and he traded in mules. Oh yeah, but he was one of the first superstars of the Grand Ole mm-hmm. Opry. Uh-huh. And it, it fascinates me how the Grand Ole Opry started. It was American General Life. It was the insurance company. Mm-hmm that advertised on the Grand Ole Opry, which made it, made it big. 
Oh yeah. Oh, it was yeah. an insurance company. An insurance. It wasn't really music. It was the insurance oh. company says, "Hey, we got to do some marketing." And it was the, the start of the uh, Grand Ole Opry. Well, it, you know, it it was it was a, a different time, and and the radio was all people had. No TV. No, no. You had the radio. No social media. No internet. No, I mean, no, no cell phone. No cell phone. Can you imagine doing uh, living? You know, this is a little computer. Is what it is. It is. It's, and I'm, I mean, I'm 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 guilty of it myself. Oh, well, everybody a, is. Yeah, mm -hmm. guilty. Well, of almost it. everybody. I can remember having pen pals. I think we should go back to having pen pals. That's where you write a letter, right. have uh -huh. a friend in Montana, uh -huh. and then they write a letter back to you. You get it in 30 days. And sometimes they cut out a little pic. Oh, you know what your friend looked like with a, if they sent a picture. I'm sure it was. And, a, oh, yeah, something very attractive. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that was it. <laughs> but I remember being fascinated because, Mom, did you check the mail? You know, I was <laughs> I <have> a friend <laughs> in Montana who I'll never meet. <laughs> And now it's like you just push a button. There's five thousand. You and, know, it's and postage crazy. was what three cents. Postage. <laughs> Looks like we got a call coming in. Uh, postage was three cents. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Uh, do we have a call? Was there a call coming in? No, maybe not. We may have a call coming in. I hope it. It's Uncle Dave Makins. <laughs> It's is that that's not for us? Okay, his <laughs> grandson John Dubler taught my younger brother David how to play the banjo. Is that right? Yeah, John Dubler. Um, he was quite a character, you know. He was he, uh, he was a very talented musician, but he was very innovative. He knew how to make he'd money. Spin that banjo, uh -huh. spin it around. Yeah, I mean, he was a storyteller. I love banjo money. Yeah, I mean, banjo. Uh -huh. So what what do you think about Murfreesboro today compared to? I Sometimes mean, I don't know where I am. <laughs> It's crazy, isn't it? It is. Sometimes I can't get out of my own driveway. But, you know, if you don't grow, you die. Right. Uh, I would argue that growth and historic preservation can go hand in hand if done properly. We have lost... Many homes. We have lost many homes. I was uh, I served on Convention and Visitors Bureau for about nine years, I think. And, you know, Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro per se, may not be a destination point. We have to capitalize on the things that make us special and unique to the rest of the world. And tourism dollars are so important because people come in, spend their money, they see their, you know, and visit our sites, right. and then they go away, and we don't have to build, provide roads or, or build schools right. for them. And, and I think that keeping and protecting the things that make us unique to the rest of the world Stones River National Battlefield is sure. a treasure. Our historic yeah. courthouse, one of only six remaining in, in right. the entire state. I mean, and Oakland's historic. I yeah. Sam Davis home. We have some unique things. We've been talking to Shirley Ferris Jones. We're going to take our last break. We'll be back in a few minutes. Curve them, crack them, or bend them. We can mend them. Come by Wheelworks, located 516 South Church Street. For a free estimate, we also sell performance and passenger tires, as well as aftermarket and factory wheels. We also install lift kits, and we've been sponsoring and serving this community for 15 years. Come see us at Wheelworks at 516 South Church Street, or give us a call at 615-849-3848.
Are you looking for a trusted pharmacy? Look no further than Terrace Pharmacy. For nearly four decades, Terrace Pharmacy has proudly served our community since 1983. We've got not one, but two drive-through windows for speedy service. Terrace Pharmacy is your partner in health, offering homebound delivery, vaccinations, specialty packaging, and MTM services. We accept most major insurance plans and we're locally owned so you'll always get personalized care. Give us a try today. Visit Terrace Pharmacy at 502 Highland Terrace or call 615-893-7971. Your health is our priority. Rhonda McQuarrie with Primus Mortgage has been in the mortgage business for over 30 years. A multi-year Ruthie Award-winning mortgage loan officer and a proud member of the MTSU 1989 graduating class. Specializing in all kinds of mortgage products and taking pride in going the extra mile. Personally, taking great care with her customers. Call 615-419-9193. That's 615-419-9193 or check out her website, loansbyronda.com. Rhonda McQuarrie, Primus Mortgage, NMLS 628407. Welcome back. This is the Mr. Murfreesboro Show with Lady K, and we have been joined in the studio with uh, historian guru, the queen of history of Rutherford <laughs> County, Murfreesboro. I've Shirley never Fair been, shows. The I've queen. never been called the that, but thank you. <laughs> I'd like to talk. We've only got about, oh, we got about eight minutes. Uh, the Battle of Stones River, or the Battle of Murfreesboro, depending where you're from, uh, December 30th or so of 62, there was about 70,000 people living here. There was 3,000 people probably in the city. Mm-hmm. And then another 70,000, half and half north, half the other half south. So you could literally say that in Murfreesboro, we were probably one of the most populous cities there for two or three days. Not, you know, not mm-hmm. for the right reason, but you know what I mean. It was populate you wake up it's three thousand people the next day there's seventy thousand you're like oh lord well where did and, i miss the turn here and they're trying to annihilate each other yeah they're trying uh, to kill each other but exactly well, think about after the battle think about after the armies are gone think about what the citizens behind the lines of battle are left to deal with all the injured men all the Death. injured men all the injured animals limping around you know suffering right you know, no food because Union stores had not come in. Uh, there's one story of uh, uh, a gentleman on Manson Pike who's, you know, every every available space, every outbuilding is filled with suffering men of both sides. No food. And they were trying to think of what on earth to do. They had gone through everything they had in the house. And there was nothing else. You, can't go, you couldn't call DoorDash. Right. And uh, he, he and some other men, after dark, there were a bunch of robins uh, that they had seen nesting. And they took clubs. And they killed the robins and came, put them in bushel barrels and came back and mixed, made a broth with barley to feed the and men. And ate the, the robins. Uh, the robins uh, mixed with barley and made a broth that was very nourishing. Yeah. And they had to improvise because, you know, every living creature that could be eaten. Horses, had, I mean, you name it. Yeah, uh-huh. And just dealing, you know, to anything to alleviate the suffering 
Uh, but what happened behind the lines of battle? What, you know, people don't think about that. No. They think about, you know, the, uh, uh, the armies and the horror yeah. that they went through. But what about what when they leave? What, what about the townspeople? What about years the, of reconstruction? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, and it was just a, a terrible, terrible time for the people of any uh, any town that's they ha- had to experience it, uh-huh. and there, there were you know more than twenty three thousand casualties. Casualties, yeah. Yeah, and you know it's and Murfreesboro, Stones River was the seventh bloodiest battle mm-hmm. of the Civil War. And, and what people don't think about, you know, I don't think the Western Theater actually has ever gotten the attention that it should. The Eastern Theater in Virginia, yeah. okay, fine, but Murphy's, I mean, Tennessee, Tennessee is second only to Virginia in the number of, of skirmishes battles. and battles, yeah. huh? That's right. And uh, when was after the Battle of Murfreesboro, that kind of opened the way to Chattanooga. Hoover's Gap. Yeah, yeah, Hoover's Gap in June, where the first repeating rifles were used. Telehoma campaign. Okay, Telehoma campaign, but it opened the door to Chattanooga that September. The beginning of the end. The beginning of the end, and then Atlanta. and Sherman's march to the, to to the, the sea. sea. Uh-huh, and then, yeah. yeah, that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, well, you know, I had rivers that fall on both sides. I do too. Uh-huh. And there were, people don't realize that there were people in Mississippi and Alabama that mm-hmm. went and fought for the Union. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you, and and yes, slavery is wrong. It was it's, yes, it's a, uh, very wrong. But there were, uh, what am I trying to get at? I probably shouldn't have start, started off on that. <laughs> but yes, it, it was wrong. But people, there was brothers fighting against brothers. They I mean, were, yeah. They were so passionate about it. Oh, mm-hmm. slavery or states' rights. Mm-hmm. People say, well, it's just states' rights. Mm-hmm. You can, but really, the the main jest was to make it was over slave states. Are you going to be a slave state? Or are you going to be a free state? Mm-hmm. With Missouri or who? There was other states trying to come in. They said, "Nope, you're going to be a free state." Mm-hmm. So we'd say, "Well, it's states' rights." But the big issue was slavery. Sla- slavery and, was uh, what it was about. And I mean, there's no way to condone slavery. But but the, but I will say this: you, you know, there's no way to compare a man or woman of one century with a man or woman of another century. Yes, completely. Because it's a whole different time. And in no way does it justify slavery. Right. It, slavery is wrong. It's wrong from the day one. Right. But the South was in an impossible situation. How did they get out of it? I mean, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. Right. Well, it, it, everything happens for a reason. Uh-huh. You and, know, uh-huh. and we learn. Uh-huh. You learn. And we do learn. And that's and that's the key, right? Education is the key to learn from our past mistakes. From our history. And to learn from our history and never, never change history, never rewrite history, to learn from it and never, uh, never uh, let the mistakes of the past repeat themselves. Amen. Amen. Um, and people don't realize if you go to the country club where, where you, the driving range is, there's still little ridges there. Mm-hmm. Wayne's Hill. Wayne's Hill. And then McFadden's Ford, back on McFadden's Farm, that's where their 30 to 50 cannon were lined. If it weren't for those cannon, cannon. 58 cannon. If those in the Harker's uh, Brigade uh-huh. trying to cross there on hole number four or five. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Them down, can you imagine this time of year crossing the bath, crossing that river, holding your holding your weapon above your head? How Trying cold get, that water would be, but and cannon shooting and shooting I, at you. I've always said I'd like to drain the river or dam it up from about where the movie uh, Marble Drive-In is, all the way to the Country Club, that bridge uh-huh. there by Wicks Lumber, 
and just see what all's there. There's no telling what's There's waiting no telling. to be discovered. There's just right. no and telling. I'm into, I'm into relic hunting, too. That's another uh-huh. thing I do. Larry Hicklin. I don't know oh, if you know Larry. I do. Uh-huh. And different friends of mine. Uh-huh. I, I, I get the the places to go. I've got, I'm not a good, I'm not really good at anything other than maybe talking sometimes. <laughs> You're good at that. I'm good at that. <laughs> but I love to find relics. Um, They've got a story to tell. Oh, yeah. Everybody's got a story. Uh-huh. To, everybody. I don't care if you live in the a penthouse, the poor house under a bridge, or the White House. There's a reason you got there. there. And, you know, the never-before-told stories. When I first got into this 30, 40 years ago, I thought if I just preserve one story. Okay, so it's my great-grandfather's, perhaps. If I pre- preserve one never-before-told story, document it, and make, get it as a matter of record, then I have done, I've, I've done a good did, thing. That's uh-huh. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you want to mention? No. Okay, we're not going to mention <laughs> I think his name. What is it? Tony? Okay. <laughs> I know your brother. Uh, this has been fun. We've He's got, my buddy. Uh, hey, do you have, we got another minute. Do you want to say anything to anybody? You got big, y'all got big Christmas plans? Have well, you done your Christmas shopping? Or are you? Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've learned some stuff tonight that prostitution was outlawed. Well, no, it was legalized in it Nashville. It was legalized. The first Confederate to capital to fall was the first, in Nashville. The first city to legalize prostitution the, under federal rules. Because of the STDs. Well, in federal rules. Yeah. <laughs> so you've learned that tonight, folks. Uh, I want everybody, I don't know if we'll be here next Sunday, I want everybody to have a safe, happy, Merry Christmas, however you do it, do it your way, and just think of others, because that's what the season is. Season's about Jesus to me, and... It's about helping others. So go out. Shirley, thank you for being here. God My bless pleasure. you. Merry Christmas, Merry everybody. Christmas, everybody. Have a great time. Mm-hmm.